It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. All right, guys. But we do have to move on. And the big news, I think, for the Niners today, it's just it's just a gut punch, punch man with this Jason Brad stuff. And we've seen what he's capable of on the field. When he's, he's just a terrific corner when he plays. But his injuries... He's just been riddled by injuries. It's one thing after another. He just tore his Achilles after coming back from ACL. And we had hoped this year it's going to be Mosley and Ward. And then when Verrett comes back, my God, this cornerback group is the best we've seen the Niners have. And I don't know, maybe ever. God knows how long. But now Mosley's out. There's no Verrett. And now it's Ward. And then we got to see what happens. So this this was tough. This was tough to hear. Yeah. I mean that you to, for me outside of of football the first thing I thought of was Jason Barrett like just the man right and I I can't I I hesitate to say like I feel so bad for him cuz it just sounds like some s- sympathy or whatever but it, like genuinely this man has torn an ACL 3 times and now torn an Achilles twice along with a torn labrum early in his career a, an ankle injury like the the number of surgeries and rehabs that this guy has gone through since since being drafted you know zane you and i were trying to figure out when he was drafted uh prior to going live and and you said he was a part of the 2014 yep nfl draft Mm -hmm. correct yeah 2016 2017 2018 all three of those seasons ended on ir 2021 and now 2022 there's only been two seasons in his career that hasn't ended in IR. That was 2015 when he made it to the Pro Bowl, and then 2020 when he arguably should have made it to the Pro Bowl with the 49ers. The only two seasons that he hasn't ended the season in IR. And you just feel, like I said, you feel awful for for the person of Jason Barrett and genuinely hope that he heals up. It feels like this is probably probably it for him, I would, I would assume. I mean, I can't imagine rehabbing as hard as he has to get back from that ACL, just to tear an Achilles, try and rehab that and come back. It just feels like his body's like, listen, we can't, <laughs> we can't do this at the level that you're, you want us to do it. And so, um, but yeah. It, and then on the football side, like you said, Al, it, the, the depth that was there is, is gone now. And so now you are relying on likely Jimmy Ward in the slot for probably the rest of the year with Tayshawn Gibson still manning the free safety. And then Diamador Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Samuel Womack, Dante Johnson. Like you're probably just going to cycle through these guys until one of them really kind of establishes themselves. And I, I, I don't know who that will be. Um, I hope Womack gets an opportunity. That's where he played in college. I know they like Lenore. Maybe, you know, and, and maybe what it is is eventually you get somebody out there so you can kick Lenore back down and you can put Jimmy Ward back at free safety, which is arguably where he's best, but it definitely makes the secondary uh, less, uh, less impressive and and arguably less effective than they were, you know, prior to that Mosley injury. Yeah. And I think that it puts even more importance on the health of the defensive line now as well, because they need to be able to get to the quarterback and they need to be able to convert a lot of these pressures into sacks. And the Jason Verrett thing, man. Yeah, Brian, like we were talking about it before we were, before the show, we were off air. And I just, like, psychologically as a person, 
how that must feel. I just, he spent the last six years, a good portion of the last six years, rehabbing from major injuries, like learning how to walk again injuries, literally. When he's when he's torn those three ACLs and then two Achilles, like it's just so gutting, and you you hate to see that with anybody, but it, it hits extra with the Niners, right? Because like you know we cover them and and you know this is our team and this is our favorite team and cheer for them, but I mean like that aside, all of that put into like one, like just combine all of that, it just makes it hurt even more because it hurts on every level. It hurts the team. It hurts him. I think that. Yeah, at this point, like his body's just hey, we gotta we gotta do something else now. You know, hopefully he's been able to save up a lot of money from his contracts in the NFL. I just don't I just don't know if he can continue. And I would love it if he could play because when he's on, he plays at a Pro Bowl level, but I just don't know. Like Richard Sherman had the, the torn Achilles too, and after that he was never the same. So it's one of those things where for a for a cornerback, that's just that's that's like the the death blow for your career almost, especially at this point, 30 years old. And he only has, he only has 40 starts, right? Like that's the crazy thing. He's playing to 40 games over the course of six years. But that being said, like all those major injuries, I just don't see him coming back from that. And what they do now going forward, like that, this was kind of like the fallback plan, right? For the 49ers, like, all right, well, Brett's coming back and he'll be on the outside and they'll ease him into action. and It'll be okay. And now all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. And what I would love, they're not going to do it. But what I would love is to have Womack back in the slot where he started the season and was very successful, by the way, in the slot. Mm-hmm. And you kick Jimmy Ward outside and you let him play outside because he's mm-hmm. much better outside than he is in the slot. So, and Jimmy Ward hates the slot. Like anytime you hear him talk about playing the slot, he's he's kind of like, oh, I'll just do whatever the team wants me to do. <laughs> yeah, he seems like reluctant to do it. So, it's just like I, I'm just so gutted for Jason Brett. So sad for him. And and from a team perspective, it's just a huge blow. But we've got to move on. The season is moving on, and the Niners are in pretty good shape, I think, going into the second half with the game against the Chargers, who, listen, they have issues. Chargers have a lot of issues right now with Herbert being hurt. Um, I, I, he just doesn't look right to me. All their They're receivers. Wrong. All their receivers. <laughs> Mike Williams, Keenan Allen have been yeah. hurt. They just lost their nose tackle. They're giving up tons of yardage on the ground. We'll get into some of those stats. This is a big game for them. And like Cynthia mentioned, the NFC, I, you, you could – Anybody can make the Super Bowl, I think, really, in the NFC, and it's crazy. One thing, Brian, you put up something today that I saw. What can – something can derail the Niners' offense with all this talent right now. We always talk about mistakes, right? If It's the self-inflicted wounds, the penalties. But you put up something today about um, EPA impact from drop passes in 2020. Did you want to hit on that, or you want you want me – do you have it up right now? Because I thought – Yeah, I'll bring really it up. I'll, I'll bring it up. Um, yeah, so um... – this is the uh, this is this is the the graphic that that I saw, um, and it's EPA impact from drop passes. So essentially, uh, what that that uh, the line on the bottom is is number of points lost due to drops. And as you can see, the Bucks lead the NFL. Not something you want to lead in in uh, uh, almost fifty five points that ha- they've left out there because of their twenty three drops. Um, and then the 49ers are right there at, at 45 points. So we, we've talked a lot about the lack of scoring from this offense. And you could see that this offense could have had 45 more points through week eight uh, without those, those drops, which are at 20. And a lot of those, I think, come from um, – oh, sorry. Come from – a lot of those come from 
Jawan Jennings. And so we talked and a little Debo bit. Samuel, Debo Samuel's got and, Samuel's and Debo well. Samuel has him as well. But we talked a little bit uh, last episode about the idea of possibly bringing on an OBJ. And arguably, that's where I think you could see the biggest impact. Um, I still think that a, a more impactful signing would be Ndamukong Su, um on that D-line, especially uh, with Kinlaw likely possibly not not returning this season. Not that that's been announced, but it's hard to hard to count on him. So, um, but the drops, the drops have got to stop. And, you know, I think, I, I think if we don't see them stop, right. You, I don't know that they can make noise in, in, in the playoffs. And so uh, to me, to me, part of, part of the solution could be, could be OBJ and, and, and from everything that we're, that we're seeing now, granted, you know, it is what it is, but it sounds like it's really probably going to come down to the Cowboys and the 49ers. So, you know, who wants them more? And if you're OBJ, do you want to join the offense that you essentially already ran last year with the Rams or, you know, do you want to try and learn a new one? So, um, but yeah, 45 points off of drops. That's, that's a lot, you know, this, this offense, can't afford to to be losing that that level of uh, production because they can't you know can't keep their hands on the ball. Yeah, and Juwan Jennings had his four drops and the twenty percent drop drop rate. You know, doesn't have a ton of targets. Debo Samuel has seven drops, the thirteen percent drop rate. This is all according to Pro Football Reference. And deep, you know, Debo's on pace for like fourteen drops this year. He had he had ten last year, and he was Superman last year. So I mean, you know, he makes up for it in other ways, but. You know, we have seen the Niners, you know, we talk about they're not scoring points and it is those self-inflicted wounds. So if there's anything that can slow them down in the second half offensively, I, I definitely think that's it. Do you guys sure. feel like they drop they drop a lot of passes just because they're thrown in a really tight window and so there's always defenders around? No, no, no. I don't Some of them, but not all of them. I mean, I feel like, yeah, yeah, sometimes, but overall, no. I mean, we've seen Charlie Warner, drop, you know, drop. Well, I mean, there's the, the wide open drops yet. Yeah. I mean, there's those, but I feel like, you know, being, you know, throwing into tight windows does have a little bit to do with it. And because they throw so much into tight windows, like naturally their, their drop rate might be a little bit higher, but that being said, like, look, if it's in your catch radius, you got, you got to, you know, you're an NFL receiver, you got to catch it. And if you're going to get lit up, I mean, yeah, I understand like, okay, some guys, they, they don't like that. Nobody likes that. But that being said, like there have been times where, like you said, they've been wide open and they've dropped like game changing passes and, and you mm -hmm. just can't do that. Right. So OBJ, does he fix that? I mean, sure. Right. He has to get the targets. He, he has to get open. It helps, but he has to get open too. Right. He has to get open and, and uh, whether Kyle wants to scheme stuff up for him or not, if, if he's, if he's coming here, we'll see. Also uh, Michael Irvin was, I believe the one that kind of suggested the Cowboys and Niners or he was, I guess he was one of them. Uh, I mentioned, I saw that he mentioned that, um, that those would be the two destinations. Also the Cowboys yeah. are really stupid because they just had Amari Cooper and they gave him away. And now they're looking at Odell Beckham. So Cowboys are stupid after Cowboys. <laughs> OBJ is a lot cheaper, cheaper. Than, than Cooper, though. That's true, yeah. But you get more production out of Cooper than you will out of OBJ at this point in their career, right? 